Nashville Hotel. Pat Cook back at the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studios. Uh, right across the street from the Ford Center, we are at Doubletree Hotel. And uh, this afternoon, the uh, women's semifinals. And then tonight, the men's semifinals championship games tomorrow. And uh, the uh, women's championship game on ESPN Plus at 2 o'clock. And then on ESPN2 tomorrow night, the men's championship game at 7 o'clock. OVC Commissioner Beth DeBush back with us. Hello, Beth. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you. That's yeah. the nicest thing you've said to me. <laughs> this morning. That's <laughs> the nicest thing I've said to you this morning. How's it going? I mean, okay, all right, let's just start with Evansville because we're, you know, you just re-upped through 2026, option for 2027, and beyond probably. You, you found a home here with this. We certainly have in a community that's really embraced us. The city of Evansville came with a contract extension offer. It came quickly and I honestly didn't know how fast the Board of Presidents and the ADs would want to work. Um, after thorough conversation but not long conversation the decision was made to return in large part because of the wonderful venue and the Ford Center and the warm welcome that we get here in Evansville. Well they do. They treat it like it's you know, it's big, and it is, right? It's it, You get that stage, and, you know, and we've talked about it. I'm not going to reach you this cabbage again, but, you know, I, I wanted it to be in Nashville because I live there, right? But it, since it's been here, it, it's really, I get it. I think it's perfect for here. You know, you sort of get lost in the uh, shuffle in Nashville a little bit, quite frankly, not to demean the OVC, but, I mean, there's something every minute there now. Uh, you are front and center in this in this city, and I think it's geographically perfect for the league. We're front and center here. It is more smack in the center of the new version of the OVC. I will say, though, because I know we're playing back in Nashville, a number of people have said to me, you know, it's really not that far. It's not far from Nashville. It's not far from, from Cookville. There are easy trips. It's not far from Martin. So, so again, I think it's the sense maybe a different state, but two hours, three hours, the trip isn't far, and it is an easy drive. Yeah, just got to get that little bit right at Henderson before you leave God's country of Kentucky <laughs> and you stop at Ellis Park and play the ponies a, a few times. I've got it down. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to start traveling with you. Yeah. My trip up doesn't sound quite as exciting. Well, and, and I always like the fact that each uh, – the top two seeds on the men and women's side stay here at the Doubletree Hotel. What a great partner that's been for you guys because Basketball Media Day has been here, and this is your 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 headquarters. The headquarters, it's lovely. It's a first-class opportunity for our student-athletes, and I think it's a little something more to play for. Yeah. The proximity, it's really nice, and when you're focusing on winning a championship, not having the commotion of having to hop on a bus or what have you, it's really easy for the participants. Well, I, I make fun, though, because one in two – are come here threes are at the Hyatt fours and the fives the men's and the women's are at the Bally Casino Hotel just saying I'm just saying on this conversation <laughs> one of us has spent a lot more time at Bally's than the other and your no, no, listeners no. can guess which one no um, no I I'm hey I'm glad I'm over here and not over there with TSU okay <laughs> it's it's not good Beth when you wake up at 2 30 in the morning and you know you're two minutes away from a slot machine or a blackjack table in the middle of the night. Well, I think you better explain that statement. You would sometimes travel with TSU as their radio voice. And that, well, I'm just yeah. talking about casinos in, in general. In general, yeah. No, yeah. I appreciate that. Too. No, I'm not talking yeah. about anything specific. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Beth. Come on. 
What are you doing? How's the NCAA? T- explain what you're doing with the NCAA. Give me that official title. Sure. I'm on the Board of Governors for the NCAA, which is the highest governance body at the NCAA. There are nine members. They're predominantly university presidents. There are three students. And new this year, they have one co- college commissioner. And I am the college commissioner that has the honor of serving. Um, in that role, we were involved in selecting the new NCA president, Charlie Baker, who started on Wednesday of this week. We had a call with him since I've been here, I believe Tuesday afternoon. He seems really like the perfect leader for this point in time in intercollegiate athletics. He presented himself as somebody that knows how to roll up his sleeves, get to work and listen, and that's exactly what we need in a university um, leader for the NCA right now. There's really nothing that he needs to attend to uh, right now uh, in the NCAA. I, I mean, it's in a lot of ways the cats, the two paces out of the tube or the cats out of the bag, whatever you want to say, from the NIL to the transfer portal, now the extra year a lot of people are getting and, and just the what the movement. Um, where is it all? Where, where, is there an end game to this? You know, I think there's a lot of focus on a federal solution to some of the issues facing intercollegiate athletics. I would say the vast majority of people associated with intercollegiate athletics want student-athletes to receive name, image, and likeness opportunities. The time had come. We were past the time, candidly. Having said that, though, we need a more unified and universal rule that governs activities in the NIL space. And so the federal government could be helpful in that approach. In order, though, to craft such a solution, then Congress needs to be convinced that intercollegiate athletics does a nice job of managing itself and does a good job of taking care of student athletes. And we've seen a lot of transformation come about in Division One to really help demonstrate that we are focused on our student athlete population. So my hope is, and I know it will be a priority for him, that it's the number one focus to try to get more unified rules relative to name, image, and likeness and create a sense of trust about the process and what we're doing. In, and the thing with the NIL, it's I, common sense will not tell me that, or maybe it does tell me, no, I, which is it doesn't tell me. But anyway, that if I'm a, a top, let's say a five-star, I'll use football as an example, whatever or whatever level it is, and there's NIL money available through a, the collectives or how each university chooses to handle their NIL within the framework. Why would I not want to know what I get before I sign that letter of intent? And once I sign that letter of intent, then I'm going to find out what I'm getting? That doesn't make sense. We want to provide as much certainty as we can to student-athletes yeah. in the recruiting process over a variety of different items. We also want to make sure we hear a great deal from student-athletes, from Division three all the way through to Division one that the mental health pressures on student-athletes are real for a variety of reasons. And to say to students, as part of this name, image, and likeness, movement that they have a lot of responsibilities that come with, be it social media posting or what have you, more structure to control that and put them in an environment where we're also looking out for the young people, I think is critically important to all of this. And so my hope is that over the next oh, relatively short period of time, we start seeing some level of solution in this area. Yeah, it's it, it, it's out there. It's sort of need to be pulled back in a little bit. Beth DeBush with us. She is the commissioner of the High Valley Conference. Um, the uh, I, I've been through the league. I've been to every venue. Uh, Lindenwood was a nice experience. St. Charles there north of St. Downtown St. Louis is just a 
beautiful, quaint area, the old town there. So Lindenwood, beautiful campus, that private. And then uh, Little Rock, and we had George Lee, the AD, on yesterday, and then Southern Indiana here uh, as well. Just, to, just from the the look of it, you bring in a, a, a Little Rock market, you bring in a St. Louis market, you bring in an Evansville market, the third largest city in Indiana. It just on that, but it just seems like they're more of a fit in a lot of ways. Uh, two of the three don't don't have football, but Lindenwood does. So they've been a really nice. I like it. I, I didn't, you know, you don't know till you go and see it. I, I like the additions. Well, I do too. Not that it means anything. No, but, I yeah. do too. But most importantly, it's brought a good energy to the OBC. The schools that we brought in are really excited to be here. And the enthusiasm that they bring, coupled with the pride that the remaining institutions have in this league, talking about the history of it, what we've done, why we've done it, and helping to educate and acclimate the new schools has brought a nice synergy to this conference right now. I'd like to see us over the course of the next couple of years, and that's me working on behalf of the university presidents, get even bigger if it makes sense and it, cr it continues that sense of synergy that exists. Um, in this day and age in intercollegiate athletics, I think it's going to be important for conferences to be of a, sus a substantial size um, to weather all the changes that are going on. Yeah. Football. How are you feeling about football? So for this next year, we're going to partner with the Big South. Uh, football is going to be housed from an NCAA standpoint with the OVC, we've worked really hard to partner with them. It gives us 12 schools playing football at the FCS level. And I think it's going to uh, be an, a nice opportunity. And I think actually it may be a pattern others will follow as we see transition yeah. in Division One. We've worked very, very closely. But again, OVC is going to play a critical role, leadership role in the structure of that, that football conference. And it'll be referred to, in, at least in the short term, OVC Big South or vice versa. But we'll keep both brand marks involved. And, and okay, if of the that twelve will be the one NCAA representative, or does the Big South, the OVC, each have one? So for this next year, we'll have the ten schools, and we'll be vying for one automatic qualifying spot. Certainly, okay. we'll be eligible for additional at-large placements, and I think the football league will be strong, so it should it's, lend it's, itself. It's now to more often than not, you get that at-large. Right at FC at the FCS football uh -huh. level, and you know, you know, Greg, FCS football is in some ways stronger than it's ever been before, and it's really a make-sense brand of football. It fits the financial model for a lot of Division One institutions and really high-caliber competition. I wonder about the ones who left and moved up, or not not just the OVC schools, but I'm look. It's it's everywhere. You seeing all of these, like a Kennesaw State, for example, elevating, or just all of them are trying to move up, and that bite of that apple sometimes is not. I don't think they are prepared for it. Quite frankly, like I say, as we do our financial modelings, this FCS brand with its scholarship limits makes a great deal of sense that it's a sustainable model and we've seen really good competition we've seen good championships and it really is played across the nation so again our schools really like playing at the fcs level and we've really committed and the obc has committed to say how absolutely important football is to this conference and as we look at membership growth football will clearly play a pivotal pivotal role in our decisions OVC Commissioner Beth DeBush with us. Uh, the OVC Championships, men and women's basketball tournaments at the Ford Center. Semifinal rounds uh, for the women and the men 
uh, this afternoon and tonight, respectively. Beth, Travis Teletasi, you're losing a good one. Good friend. He's become a good friend to a lot of people, including me. He's going to be the one of 30. There's only 32, 32 of you guys. You guys. There's only 32 commissioners in the country for the Mid for the Mid American Athletic Conference, the Metro Atlantic, the Metro. It's not the MAC. I'm trying to be the MAC and the MAC. But uh, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, good for him. It's great for him. Um, in our OVC ranks, John Steinbrecher, who uh, was the commissioner before I was, is the Mid-American Conference mm -hmm. Commissioner. Brad Walker, who was our associate commissioner, is now the uh, America East Commissioner. And Travis getting this job. So we'll have a lot of OVC voices uh, in the commissioner's room of the 32, or at least have had a stop here in Nashville. Travis has been an impressive employee, uh, even a better person. He's he's ready for this job, and they're lucky to get him. Uh, we'll work actively and quickly to find his replacement in the office. Travis oversaw football, basketball, and officiating. And um, I don't know in which order I need to replace him, but I'd suspect maybe the officiating piece that I need to find his replacement in, in, in a big hurry. But it's, it's, it's a big job, but it's a good job. Well, in, I, I've asked him if he's gotten the call from Rick Patino yet, of course, the coach at Iona. I, I figured he had to go to get Rick's approval for to for get the job. <laughs> uh, you know, I, how do I say this diplomatically? Yeah. There may be days he really misses the esprit de corps uh -huh. and just the, the, the warm nature of the Ohio Valley Conference. You know, after all these years, and Greg, you know us as, as well as anyone, um, you know, there's a nice spirit. In this, in this league, and there's some really good people that are here and have come through here. But uh, a, a family a family atmosphere that's probably more prevalent than maybe some other commission, uh, some other conferences. Yeah, it's uh, up there in the Northeast. It's a little, it's a different than us down here. Well, hey, how cool is it you get to spin the tournament? This is the second year that I've met them. I didn't come a couple years, you know, during the pandemic, but um, – your parents get to come, and, and their names? My mom and dad, Gary and Donna DeBush, have been, I think, to every OVC tournament since I have been the commissioner. They're 84 and 85 years old, so I'm blessed to have them in my life and that they're healthy enough to want to come yeah. to basketball and stay to the late-night games and hang out with you after the well, games. No, I and you too. <laughs> I, he, your dad holds court, he, he, uh. you know, and, of course, I, you know, being a Brewers fan and everything up there and loving that state. So, well, Beth, thank you for coming by. Thanks for having us. Uh, oh, well, we're here because of you guys. Well, so. no, sincerely, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done and the responsible way in which you do your work and your, <laughs> and your homework. I know you like to make it look easy, but I also know you do a lot of work behind the scenes to be ready for all of this. So a sincere thank you. All right. Thanks, Beth. All right. Beth DeBush, she's the commissioner of Ohio Valley Conference.